0: Good morning, and welcome back. So we're halfway through 2020. What a strange year this so far has turned out to be. And obviously, as the calendar suggests, we're not done yet. This has been an unusual year where circumstances and situations have affected the world. And in many ways, nobody saw it coming. But I do believe that God saw it coming and God isn't surprised and God isn't confused and God does know what's going to happen next. And as so often is the case, he doesn't give us every piece of information, but he invites us to trust him, to journey with him and to join him in what he's doing. This week and next week, I want to change what we were going to be looking at in light of current affairs, in light of what's going on in the world. This is a strange year in light of pandemics and coronavirus, in light of the racism conversation, and how do we not just listen to that, but how do we engage and learn from that? And in light of other big decisions that are coming up, Sarah's word about unity, I feel, is so timely. I think it's specifically timely because this occasion seems like there is so many opportunities for us to have the opposite of unity. I want us to pause to ponder to look around to see what God is doing and to pray and to hear from him in there. So that's what we're going to do over the next two weeks. And today we're going to look at a short passage in a large book in the Old Testament. We're going to look at this passage and we're just going to camp out in this one passage. It's a short passage and sometimes we, we, we'll look at a, a broader subject and we'll look at many Bible passages, and that's good, but today we're just going to camp out in one and we're going to chew on it and chew on it and chew on it. I love the way Scripture still speaks to us today. I love the timelessness of the text, and I love the uniqueness that these ancient texts and stories and examples and people sometimes feel like they could be living right now through the circumstances and situations that we are too. So today, we're going to be looking and meeting the person of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Let me give you something of an introduction. The book of Jeremiah is the second longest book in the Bible, second only to Psalms. It covers a 40-year period. And the person, Jeremiah, who wrote this book, who is the author, is what the Bible describes as a prophet, which is someone who hears from God and then speaks what he's heard he shows us himself in an unusual way, more so than any of the other Old Testament prophets. We see him at his best, and we see him when he's vulnerable. We see him when he's slightly confused and uncertain and fearful and almost depressed, but we also see a great sense of strength and courage in who God is and what God is doing. His personal life is laid out quite, quite clear for us. He was described by some scholars as someone who was timid by nature and self-critical, but so confident in the Lord's assurance of what God is doing in this moment. And his writing, his life and his ministry and the words that he brought were written during a significant time of storm and stress and uncertainty. And it feels like for some parts of this year that's now so there's an appropriateness for this so i want to introduce you to this person and i want to look at this text and i want us to camp out if you've got your bibles turn with me to jeremiah 33 verse 3 and the text will also appear on the screen as well as we look at this text which is short There's two sides to it. One side is our response, and the other side is God's response. That's actually quite a biblical, a reoccurring biblical pattern all the way through Scripture. God never forces himself upon people, but he invites people to participate and to co-participate in what he's doing. There is this sense of join me, and I'm doing this. And we see this in this passage. So let's read it together. Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Let me read this again. Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you, or as some translations say, show you, great and unsearchable things that you do not know. No. It feels fitting to read this in 2020 in light of the world that we're currently living in. There are things that we just don't know, but God doesn't leave us in that despair. He invites us to call to him and that he will answer. I want to break this into the two halves. The first half is our response. The second half is God's response. The first half, this short opener, call to me. I've been challenged that during the coronavirus period that we need to be people who pray. We need to be people who pray and seek God. We need to be people who call to God. I made a point at the very beginning, especially at a time when there were forecasts of potential casualties and loss of life, I made a point of praying for people I know and people I don't know in the medical profession. I have a regular calendar entry. Monday morning, my week begins with an early reoccurring calendar entry to pray for people in the medical profession. We don't know where our prayers go. We know that for some people there has been tragedy, loss of life, and ill health. But we also know that the numbers could have been worse. So not knowing where our prayers go, we do know that God always hears them and responds and welcomes them. So I've been doing that. Over the last two weeks, I've, I've added another profession. Last week and the week before, I made a point of praying for the police force, praying for people who put themselves on the line to serve communities and to help. And I've been praying for their wisdom and their grace, their character and their blessing and safety. And for police officers, I knew I made a point last week of messaging them and thanking them For their service. This is a time to pray. This is a time to call to God. And I want to encourage you that as you pray, to be persistent, to pray not just once and then it's done, but to pray and to call with some persistency. There's a story in Luke's gospel where Jesus is ministering and he's traveling, and the crowd are moving with him because people are being healed and they're loving what's going on, the life that's flowing from Jesus. And the story goes that by the side of the road, there was somebody who was unaware he was blind, he couldn't see. And he heard that Jesus was coming, so he called out to Jesus. And in the text, it says some people tried to deter him. And it says this, so he just kept out calling all the more. I love this idea that he just kept out calling all the more persistence in our prayer, in our calling is key. Uh, Last week in Massachusetts some shops began to reopen and if you visited one of them you may have seen queues of people lining up to get inside because the shops have got smaller capacity of how many people can come in. For the last two weeks many of us have enjoyed and endured the world of online shopping which is not easy if you've got children and feet keep growing and shoes don't fit. We've had a few returns. Last week, I was chasing a return with the department store Macy's, and I was on hold for 52 minutes before I could speak to somebody about a return. It's annoying, but it's something of a reminder that our persistence in calling out, in persisting on listening to the whole music sometimes is what we need to do. I want to encourage you in the calling out, in the calling to me, in our prayer life, that prayer is more than just petitions and requests. Sometimes I'll say to Sarah, my wife, I'm going to a, the shop, do you need me to pick anything up? Which sometimes is a dangerous question to ask. Often she give me a short list, and then I spend ages looking around the shops trying to find the various things from the list. Sometimes our prayer life can be similar to those shopping lists where we're just going down the items of what we need and ticking things off one at a time. That's okay. And prayer can be like that, where we come to God and I believe he wants to hear those prayers. But calling to God is more than just coming to him with our petitions. Prayer is a relationship. And in any relationship, we speak and we listen. Over the last two months, uh, the gym that we visited frequently has been closed and we've not being able to do what we would normally like to do in terms of exercise. So at the beginning of the, of the shutdown, we purchased a home elliptical, and we decided we're going to try and keep fit. And I hadn't noticed the opportunity that the elliptical presented in our home. I would, I would get on it, and I would put some headphones on, and I would listen to some music. Often I'd listen to some worship music. And I found that as I've been exercising... I've been praying. I've been worshipping. And as I considered this text and this first opening few words of this passage, as I've been exercising, I've been calling to God. I've been calling out to him. I've been seeking him. And there's been some times where I have been finding him and hearing him in a way that my, my classic devotional time where I sit in a chair and pray and read the Bible, which is good and I still do that, it doesn't always have the same effect that when I'm exercising and moving and breaking a sweat, there's times that I'm calling to God and I've found him and I've sensed his presence in powerful ways. So may I encourage you as this passage invites you to broaden the way you call to God. Call to me, he says. I love the sense of invitation. Call to me. On the subject of calling out, I do want to make a comment in light of the current occasion and especially in light of recent news around the subject of racism. There is a time to call out and to use our voice for good. Violence is never good, but calling out where there is wrong, is right and appropriate, and in those moments, we should not remain silent. A man called Edmund Burke, who lived in the mid-1700s, was a member of the House of Commons in England, and Burke was known as a proponent for under, underpinning the virtues of manners in society and the importance of religious institutions for stability and for good, good living, and he said this on the subject of calling out and using our voice. He said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing. As in, for us to fail to call out when somebody or something has been wronged. There is a time where we need to use our voice to call out. An example, which is a tragic example, but one that we can learn from history, is the person of Hitler who used his voice a brief history lesson hitler's first role in what was known as the german working workers party placed him in charge of propaganda and he used his voice and he had a compelling voice and his voice and his style for leadership propelled him very quickly to the place of power that we know he found himself in and as he climbed the ranks his ideas And the way he wanted to orchestrate and structure things spread in the minds of people. Here's an important comment in light of Edmund Burke's quote about the need for people to call out and not to remain silent. During the rise of Hitler and Nazism, many German churches remained silent. We as a church... And I say that for us individually, and I say that for us as an organized church, as a gathering of God's people, must not remain silent in the face of evil. We must not remain silent. We must not, to borrow a story from Jesus, cross on the other side when somebody has been wronged in any way. We must not remain silent. History teaches us that. And this passage evokes, invites, prompts, and says, call to me, call out. That is our response. And now God's response. What does God do? This passage continues. Call to me and I will answer you. Now, anyone that's followed Jesus for any length of time will know that God doesn't always answer our prayers in the way that we pray them. But may I encourage you that he always hears our prayers. He always listens and is attentive. Call to me and I will answer you. God steps in. I believe that God steps in in the bigger picture of society. And we don't always know what would have happened if he hadn't. But he also steps in in the intimate, in the small moments of our lives. As a family... We've been planning, preparing, and saving to buy a home. Uh, The coronavirus has had strange effects on the mortgage market, and we've learned in recent weeks that what was possible at this point in time is actually going to take probably six months longer because of stipulations and because of the risk around some aspects of the economy and. It's a long, boring story, and I'm saving you the details. But we've learned that what we were hoping for at a certain time is going to actually cost us more money, and it's going to be delayed. As a family, one of the things that Sarah and uh, my daughters wanted to do was to grow some vegetables. So we made the decision when we learned this, we're going we're to rent what is known as a community garden, or for my English friends and viewers, an allotment. Uh, this is not my scene. This is my dad's scene. This is not my scene. We went to a garden center last Saturday, and the girls had a list of some of the vegetables and flowers they wanted to grow, so we picked them up and put them in the shopping cart and uh, went to pay. I had no idea how much gardening costs. I was slightly surprised at the price. As we were loading the car, something quite unusual happened. Somebody approached me, someone who I don't really know who's seen me online in some church way or perhaps one of the glimpse films that I've been involved in and said to me, hey, I know who you are. Do you mind? I want to give your family some money. I want to bless your family in some way. Is that okay? Of which we were slightly confused but said, sure, thank you. This person proceeded to give us a financial gift that almost paid for all of the plants and everything that we wanted for the garden. I say this story uh As a unique personal story, but the way we received it as is God answers us. He knows our hearts, he knows our desire, he knows what things cost. Call to me and I will answer you. I believe that God answers the small, unnecessary aspects of our life, like the price of plants. And I believe that God also answers us on the bigger picture of we prayed for medical professionals when we were told that the numbers could be this high, and at the moment the numbers are much better. I'm grateful for God who is involved in the big and the intimate. The passage continues, I will tell you, or as some translations say, I will show you. I love that God wants to tell us and show us. I made the comment, A few moments ago that our prayer needs to not just be us speaking, but us listening. If we don't listen, we won't hear and we won't see. And this passage reminds us that God desires to tell us and to show us things. Two years ago, when we made the decision to leave where we were and to move in this direction, to this community, there was a frequency where God was telling us and God was showing us. I'm so grateful that God does that. I'm so encouraged and I want to encourage you to be attentive and to listen because God wants to tell you things and wants to show you things. So listen and look around. And this passage ends that he will tell us and show us things that we do not know or unsearchable things. We live in a time where many people are guessing and forecasting and predicting, whether it's to do with the economy or health statistics or housing markets. We have some ideas, and I'm grateful, especially for the scientists and those who are experts and we should listen to their voice, but we have to also come to the conclusion that there are many things that we just do not know. We don't know. But God does. Call in, me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. We live in the present and we plan for the future. But we don't know what's around the corner. The wisdom book of Proverbs in the Old Testament writes this, Proverbs 27, verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. For some, that leaves them in the dark. For those who put their trust in Jesus, it's okay because we know deep down that we can't predict everything. But we take refuge and we land with a God who says, I do know what happens next. So call to me and I will answer you and show you and tell you great and mighty things that you do not know. So where do we land? Wrapping this up. I want to invite you to participate in the invitation that this passage begins. I want to invite you to call to God. I want to invite you, if you've never prayed before, to pray for the first time that you would know Jesus and that you would journey with Jesus through these uncertain days that is the most unusual year for many of us we've ever known. Call out For those of you that have a voice and it's remained quiet, may I encourage you that your voice is valid. Please use it. Please don't cross on the other side when you see someone being wronged. And may I encourage you with the passage, the second half, where God says, and this is what I will do. I will answer you. I will journey with you. I will show you things, I will tell you things, great and unsearchable things that you do not know. May I encourage you to journey with God in the unusual aspects that is 2020. May I encourage you to journey with God and may I encourage you to be wowed by the wonder of the unsearchable things that in my hope in my belief will be bigger and better than anything that we've known before. I have no desire to go back. I want to go forward. May I encourage you to do that and not to do that alone, but to do that with God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us, that you do not leave us in uncertainty with no hope but you say to us call to me and i will answer you lord we choose to put our faith in you and in you alone and we say lord show us things lord i pray for people watching this that have got questions or decisions to make lord show them things show them the route show them the path And for those who are listening saying speak lord i'm trying to listen lord tell them things Reveal things to them that may well have been unsearchable. Lord, we put our trust in you. We journey with you. We say thank you for the invitation to journey. Amen.